Hey everybody, welcome to a incredibly special episode of Save It For The Show. With me I have a, a special guest that it's, it's, it's really something that is, um, is going to be really cool. I have Dan the Beast Severn himself on the phone today. Mr. Severn? Yeah, I'm doing great. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I... I have, a, I have a history with you and your name in particular, but I mean, just to give some of my listeners a, a bit of information on you, your your career in the UFC is incredible. I mean, you have 100 wins. You fought Ken Shamrock, Royce Gracie, Mark Coleman, uh, The Rock. I mean, you were, you even had a stint in, in the WWF, too. I mean, as far as careers go, you're definitely, and certainly to me, just an absolute legend. Well, that's... The things though that, that are really more or less in that public eye with, uh, or being on that, uh, say, television network or things of that nature. Dual professional career. First starting off in the wacky world of professional wrestling, as I like to say. Right. And uh, I kicked that career off as of the 1992 Olympics. Wow. When uh, a new rule came about to the United States Olympic Committee that allowed athletes to be both amateur and professional simultaneously as long as you were not involved in high school athletics or collegiate athletics because you'd still be governed by uh, your high school athletic association or the NCAA rules. Well, mm-hmm. when uh, that rule came into effect, I was already well past my collegiate eligibility. So thus, I could have my cake and eat it too. Ah, that's awesome, and and you were recently in the news because you've you've since retired, and you know, and not to say quit by any means. I know between your facility in Michigan and wrestling and all that, you're you're probably going to be one of these guys that strikes me where you retire and now become busier than when you we were quote unquote you know not retired. As I put it, Dan, I I pulled up one iron and I threw three more right back in. There you go. <laughs> Nice. And so, th- so what is kind of next for you then? Like I said, I know, you know, in Michigan you have that facility and you're going to be you know, teaching and writing a book and all that. What- what's on your plate for now? It's, uh, well, I tell people, it's almost too much to believe that one person does, but as I have stated on numerous occasions, you find anybody else that does all the things that I do with the proficiency of how I do it, I guarantee it doesn't walk this planet. I don't mean to be that dragon as boastful. It's just sure. it's hard fact of what I do. But I, I've been this way, I would say, most of my life. You know, I started my, my real career probably started, you know, I mean, professional wrestling-wise, that was as of 92. You know, the, uh, uh, the cage fighting era kicked in for me as of 1994. Mm-hmm. You know, it was known as no holds barred, not mixed martial arts. And a lot of your listeners, they won't even be familiar with that term because sure. most people simply know mixed martial arts from January 2005 forward when the Ultimate Fighting Championships secured a deal with Spike Television and aired the first Ultimate Fighter show at that time. And that's right. why most people know about it from that stage forward. So all these other people that, that did it back in that no host bar era, I mean, they're probably a, a notation um, in, a, in a book somewhere that says, you know, that uh, you know, Don Fry did this, Gary Goodrich did, did that, Keith Hackney did this, Steve Jenham. I mean, there's was, there was some incredible athletes that 
really helped pave the way for the modern day mixed martial arts. Right. And it's just gonna say that these people never got their day in the sun. Sure. You know? Well and now really to be everybody sort of has the same skills. I mean, you can't just be a striker. You, you have to be a submission guy, too. You have to have a great stand-up game. And I think, kind of like what you were saying, is I remember back in that UFC, it was almost like you had one skill. You were kind of like the wrestler, or you know, you came out in your gi, and you were the submission guy that tried to you know scare people with that. But now, everything's kind of this mixed blend, which I think is, is interesting. But to me, and, and I think like most things, when you were doing it, it seemed so... I don't know. There, there was something special about it. And I think that's kind of my story in history with you is interesting because in like year 2000 or so, I was living with two guys and we were totally into MMA and UFC. And my name's Dan. So they started calling me Dan the Beast. And ah, gotcha. yeah, and it just kind of stuck with me. And it was just one of those things where I just really liked it. And I, you know, I, I, I loved you and your career. And I just it's kind of rolled with me. So <laughs> this is kind of weird, but when I joined Twitter, I used the name Dan the Beast. When I made a website, Dan the Beast was available. So I, I just, I've sort of been co-oping your name um, for quite a few years, and which I hope you take as an homage and out of complete respect. Well, I, I, I'm just curious, has anyone ever in the process of communicating with you would ask you if you are RB or whatever? You know, it doesn't happen and too often. I've gotten it a few times on Twitter, but it's mostly you know, my friends, I mean, they almost now, like you said, they think of, I, I've stolen a bit of your name. And, and to my credit, um, I, I've tried to to do your name justice and, and do the best I can with it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. No, I, I mean, I look this way. There's been a lot of, in, in a world of, of, of the pugilistic arts and or professional wrestling, there have been many athletes that have used the moniker The Beast over, over time. Sure. So there are, there were many beasts before me. There will be many beasts after me. So it's just something that uh, I always tell people that I did not make up my ring name. It was bestowed upon me. Uh, my ring name came from Jim Brown, the legendary Jim Brown from uh, the football days. Sure. You know, that played Jim Brown. So he he was one of the play-by-play uh, accommodators for the UFC early on because you know, they were showing... You know that they had uh, you know people that accomplished something uh, as as their their play by play uh, people as well. And Jim Brown from one UFC to the next because he, he made the comment that when Dan Seven first came on the scene, he was just a wrestler. Mm. I said now he's punching, he's slugging, he's he's grinding on people, he's throwing around, he's he's so aggressive, he's like an animal, he's like a beast. Ah. And that's where I always tell people, anyone that knows me growing up, I'm, I'm the biggest kind of marshmallow <laughs> in, in the world. And I always tell people that Dan the Pussycat Severn doesn't sell tickets, but Dan the Beast Severn does. Right. Of course. That's funny. And it's funny you say that, too. I, I was curious about you and, you know, quote unquote, your real life. You, I know you have children. You have one son? I have five children. Oh, geez. Okay. Oh, so you have five children. I, I should have said I have a litter. <laughs> I know. Wow. Well, so what was yeah. it like growing up um, as a, a son or daughter of, of you? I, I have two young kids, and, and I was curious, you know, 
and I, I think the reason why I got confused about your one son is well, you do have a son that wrestles at ASU, right? Still? Well, yeah, yeah. That wrestled in, in uh, you know high school, and, and now is trying to make make his uh, mark in the collegiate world. Nice. Uh, it's uh, my oldest son was uh, into cross country, basketball, track and field. Very, very athletic. Uh, I even told him that he should should think about doing the decathlon because he had those types of overall skill. Sure. It's just something that, you know, but, but, you know, his goals and, and uh, dreams and aspirations are, are, are different. Right. You know, he, he did a state in high school and, you know, he still actively does some, uh, you know, some basketball here or there, but that's just him. You know, my, uh, my next two daughters, uh, they, uh, they were involved in basketball, volleyball, that type of stuff. Right. And did they watch your fights? I mean, did they? How did that go? Well, no, in your I mean, house? literally, I just wanted to be dad, so I didn't tell them about that stuff. I mean, literally, when they were young, again, again this young, you, you realize my oldest child at the time I started this was in uh, third grade. Hmm. Actually, second grade. Okay. And uh, he, uh, you know, they didn't know what, right. what dad really did. I mean, I was just dad. Right. Dad was gone on the road, seemed like an awful lot, uh, doing things. But I kind of just quit into well, I'm like a tra- I'm like a traveling salesman. Sure, sure. I go out, I do my work, I come on back. And, and how as cool. they got older, um, you know, friends of theirs, you know, basically are who really uh, you know let the cat out of the bag. Right. How special uh, is one- that? I mean, now they can look back and see this uh, amazing career that you've had and, and see your fights, and they're like, that's my dad. And my dad, like you said, in real life, is my dad. He, he's lovable and sweet, but then, like you said, once you get in the octagon or the ring, it's it's beast mode. Well, yeah, once time, most competition, but on game face. Well, I mean, just one Michael, funny story. My, uh, you know, my son was in third grade, and one of his friends had, like, a professional some magazine, and as, he, as they're all thumbing through it, I guess a picture of me came up, and my son goes, well, that's my dad. Wow. And the teacher was right there, too, and the teacher put his hand on my son's, uh, uh, Michael's shoulder, goes, show, 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 Michael, that's your dad. Right. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> show and tell was coming up. Uh, guess, guess who was show and tell? Oh, nice. Of course, you. <laughs> brought, he brought me in, and you know, I came in, I talked to the kids a little bit, I brought him an autographed picture for all the kids, stuff like this, and, and then and the teacher himself told me the story. So he says, I, he said, your son said that that was a picture of you. He says, I didn't think that that, and he goes, lo and behold, ta-da, there it is. Wow. But even, you know, my, my, my own siblings, I have seven, seven other brothers and sisters, and, you know, they, they get the same same kind of mistreatment. They're like, that's not your brother and stuff like this. I'm thinking, they're like, yes, it is. Right. Uh, how cool is that? Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about, which you get a lot of credit for so many good things, but there's was one thing that I don't think you get enough credit for, and it's your mustache, which, and if this is, you know, <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because you look right now, you know, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, obviously like the Tom Selleck's of the world, but to me also, there's you and, and your amazing mustache. This is going to sound weird, but you, you've kept it for so long too, and is that just... Is there any design behind why or you're just a mustache guy and, and you obviously take a lot of pride in that? Well, I mean, uh, there was a period of time where I, I actually supported a uh, beard for almost five years. Oh, wow. And um, 
and, and I some, for some reason, one crazy day, I decided to cut the beard off. I, mean, I shaved everything off, and I really should have done, I should have told my kids about that at the time, because, you know, when I came out of the bathroom, they looked at me like, well, who are you? You're not my daddy. I mean, literally, they, they said that, this, they, they literally said that, you're not my daddy, and I actually had to talk to them. Enough to like, they're like, look at me, because it was such a transition for them. Sure. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I should have actually had them in there while I was doing it, but, uh, um, you know, I've, I regrew the uh, the mustache back, and it only really came off one other time when uh, I was uh, uh, working on a movie called uh, Rudy, based on Notre Dame football. Oh, sure. And it was uh, in the setting of uh, 1970s uh, Notre Dame football, and all the athletes had to be clay shaven. So ah. they had beards, mustaches, so that was the only other time that uh, the mustache came off for those couple months that I was down there uh, doing that. Nice. But, well, uh, tip of the hat to you. That, yeah, mustache. that's awesome. I wear it with pride because it's funny how now I think in pop culture, a mustache like that is it's seen as hip and, and all that. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Because that's Dan the Beast. He helped usher in a mustache being a badass thing to have. So <laughs> good to you for that. Oh, cool. Well, let me well, just ask you. you uh, my pleasure. Well, let me ask you one more question. So back to a bit of UFC. There's so many fighters. Gosh. And that's something with me where I love UFC and I love sports, but I, it's so much to watch now, and there's so many different guys to pay attention to, and all that. This is an impossible question, but you know, sort of, uh, name me like a legendary fighter that you've always respected, and then maybe a current guy that you're digging and in, in into his career. Well, I mean, uh, you know, when you look at the the current market of competitors, I've always liked uh, George St. Pierre. Oh yeah, I like course. the way that he represents himself, um, how he, uh, you know, in his interviews and things of that, uh, that nature. And, uh, but, you know, that's from just on a personal point. Now, from a business side, a promoter side, I would not want all the characters, uh, I, I don't want all the athletes to be like a George Shapiro because it might be kind of boring to watch. Right. You do need the characters. And again, I, I, don't, I don't see that with any uh, disrespect towards uh, George. Like I said, I, I like what he does, and, and literally that's the way I've always tried to portray myself and, and sure. doing things that not here. I mean, honestly, Dan, I don't call myself a fighter. I've never been in a fight in my entire life, which most of your listeners will probably find hard to believe. Sure. Uh, I've been a competitor my entire life. I would have never pursued a boxing or kickboxing or Muay Thai career because those are not skills I possess. Mm -hmm. But I'm a pretty darn good wrestler. Definitely. And as long as I can get to those clinches, those takedowns, or jam them against that cage wall. Oh, my, the rule of thumb is you will never see the light of day again unless I decide to cut you loose. Because I know that as a striker, you need space to work your magic. Right. You will never get that space out of me. And, 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 and as I tell people, the record speaks for itself as to how well I, I kept my space on, oh. on people. Yeah, I think it was like 60 wins by submission. I mean, that's incredible. That's well, incredible. Just, well, look, at, well, look at the longevity, but then look at when did I even start? Just prior to turning 37 years of age, I started seeing me anyone that even starts at that age. Wow. In the past, in the past decade, I don't think there's anybody. Or to have gotten the type, or even come close to the accomplishment level I have taken it. 
I really pride myself. The fact is that I'm lifetime chemical free. Nice. And I, I really doubt if you can find another heavyweight. No. That can claim that one. Definitely. And and to switch gears, I mean, I'm 32. And so if, to say in five years, I say to myself, I'm going to do a kind of a 180. I'm going after this thing. And not only to, to try, but to succeed. I mean, I think that comes down to, like you said, your work ethic and, and all that. So really, that's that's incredible. Yep. Like I said, I'm, I'm working on that book, and I think it's going to really just kind of shock people in a lot of different ways of all the things that I did and how I did things and, uh, you know, being presented opportunities and not even getting a chance to even prepare. I'll still be the one thing here right now to you. In all the years I was doing the cage fighting thing, I only did two training camps. Hmm. You find anybody else. I, I took out, at one point in time, I took out 32 days of my life. That was for UFC number five, but took out 32 days of my life. Mm-hmm. And for the ultimate, ultimate, I took out 35 days of my life. The rest of the time, I simply showed up and dressed out and did my thing. Wow. That's, that's why I say there, there will never be, never be another person like me. You're right. You just, especially now, and it's kind of like you said with the entertainment angle, it's almost, there's so much more that goes into this for you to just kind of show up and be a natural and just kick ass. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I, I can't wait to read your book. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The, the chapter that, uh, that you will find intriguing, I've already titled it Newfound Skills. <laughs> and that's, and that's, and that's when I, balled my fist up for the first time against my fellow man. Wow. For competition. Nice. Oh, that's that's incredible. Well, from from a little Dan the Beast to the original Dan the Beast, I I thank you for your time and, and thank you for all you've done. It's it's been a real pleasure to speak with you. Well I appreciate it, Dan, and and as I'm closing, if there's other uh, listeners that would like to find out more what this wacky old man's got going on for him, simply go to Dan uh go go to Dan7.com. I had to pause my own camera. I say Dan the Beast, but I'm thinking now I, I think that she goes to somewhere somewhere else. So simply just go to Dan7.com and you'll find out all that I have going and then some. Right. Awesome. Well, it's just true. Like I said, if you go to Dan the Beast, that it, it redirects to me, which we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we should talk after this. I, I feel like I have a, a crown here that I need to relinquish and give to you. That's your URL. You deserve that, not me. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much for Dan for having me on. All right, I appreciate it. Take care. Wow. Well, goodness, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Dan the Beast, the original, the true one, and and, and a real—that's my real treat right there. So for a, a lot of my listeners who, a, you know, hopefully I get some MMA guys who listen to this because hell, it's Dan the Beast. But b, for my other listeners who listen to me for my usual goofy shit, hopefully. That gives you a little bit of background on where my moniker came from that I use on Twitter and all that stuff. So thank you for listening as usual. Save it for the show. This is Dan, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.